Hello and welcome to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. My name is Sean and I'm joined by Josh and Luke. Josh, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm doing well. And Luke, how are you? I'm I'm doing very well. How are you, Sean? I know you just answered I'm, that, but I'm, I guess I that's know. my natural response to that question. It's so. like the, the very niche intros that we have after we've yeah. talked for about half an hour about different topics. I know. I, know. I also I know. like how you're forcing us to introduce ourselves individually in case we forget yeah. for the viewers. Or I guess yeah, that's the right, Josh. Not viewers. I'm Josh. I'm Luke. Yeah, and then, and then Sean's over there. He doesn't sound anything like us. No. Nope. Don't sound anything. Don't look anything alike. Um, so that's that's the plus side. Whenever we start filming this, I know I'm gonna have to get a so, whole setup for uh, uh, like a, a big influencer room with like that neon stuff. On yeah, the, the wall. RGB colors. Yeah. yeah, and get like you know, uh, or maybe get that big like maybe get a big wild room that has. I'll have to go and buy ten jerseys to put up on the yeah, wall. Yeah, like Sean, you guys can't see, but behind Sean, we've mentioned this. He has as much Bruins memorabilia as you could imagine. There's one, fan. There, it's one jerseys, logo. It's, it's jerseys, a, it's like figurines. Logo. No. No. People have seen my setup. I do have a lineup card from game yeah. five for the Stanley Cup final. People have yeah. seen the setup. Yeah. yeah. I've got compliments on my setup for some reason. It's a nice setup. Yeah. You're not gonna get on that. What is that? That uh, isn't there like a, a Twitter account that rates um, like Zoom uh, backgrounds? Yeah, there is. Didn't Mark Lazarus get on that? I think his bookshelf was rated by that Twitter account. I'm pretty sure. Do you remember that? I, no I, one. I, I remember that. Shout happening. out Mark Lazarus. Yeah, yeah. Shout yeah, out Mark shout Lazarus. Out Mark Lazarus. <laughs> shout out to but, all the readers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to all the readers. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're doing great. We just went to the uh, got back from the Twins game today. They lost five to three to the Kansas City Royals. Uh, they suck, but they're fun to watch, and it's fun to go. It's fun to go see a ball game, Sean. You ever been, you've, you've been to Fenway this year? I haven't been to Fenway this year. I haven't been in a few years. Yeah. Oh, oh, the Patriots just lost. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been to Fenway in a, <laughs> we might cut in that. a few yeah. years. We might cut that. No, no, no. Game's unbiased. Game's this is unbiased NFL content on this podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but that's definitely a, a top-notch ballpark. You can't – Fenway's very uncomfortable ballpark – but there's just something about it that yeah. it's just like it's magical. I mean, I would love to go there. We years ago we did kind of a, a ballpark uh, tour, like road trip with our parents when we were in like junior high. We went to the obviously we're in the Twin Cities back then. It was the Metrodome, if anyone remembers. I don't know, Sean, if you remember the Metrodome, which was a kind of a horrible stadium because it was all indoors. It was a big turf field, big concrete like concourse. But there was some. Uh, I have some. There was. It had its charm. You know, there's a lot of history. The Twins won back in uh, 80, 87 and ninety one. So a lot of those uh, games are from there. But uh, yeah, we now we have the beautiful Target Field. So if you're ever in Minneapolis, Sean, we're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to go uh, see a ball game. Go yeah, to Target Field. It's Great. a lot of fun, especially now the Twins are bad and you yeah. can just like sit anywhere. Yeah. But don't say. Oh, we'll cut that too. Yeah. Don't want to say that. Say <laughs> you're not. You're not. We don't ever. I would never sneak no, down into lower seats. Never go into the lower levels. Never do that. Ever. After buying up like upper deck tickets, never that, do that. That stresses me out. It really does. The last. So I've only been to one Celtics game. Okay. And. This is the only time I've been to TD Garden since the renovations after the 2019 Stanley Cup final. And we, my friends and I got seats up in like the, the bleachers. Well, not the bleachers. What would you call it? The, the third Nose floor. Bleeds. Nose I, see, I say it as the seventh floor because that's the floor on the elevator shaft. Okay. Yeah. The seventh floor. And we're all up top and we see these club seats that are open. We go down in the club seats and like these are like – the seats where like they go around and they ask you your order and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these two women come up and they sit next to us and then they're they ask us a question about if we're in the right seats and I'm stressed out. I'm like sweating. 
I'm sweating. I'm thinking, like, oh, are they supposed to be in our seats? Like, what's up? And turns out they have no clue, and they're supposed to be, like, over there. But I was like, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, it stresses me out. I don't do that stuff. It sounds like press box. Sounds like you never snuck into any R movies when you were under, uh, and under 18. Under 17. Back in the day. No. You didn't know? You no, never did really, that? I don't really watch movies. You're not a movie anyway, fan, so. Sean. Well, we're right, not, well, we'll have not, to get into that at another time. We're not time. a movie podcast, so it doesn't yeah. matter. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> All right, enough with that. Let's get to some NHL yeah. talk, Sean. There's so what much you, stuff going have? on. There's so much stuff going on in hockey right now, Sean. What do we got on the docket today? Well, so I, I already said this. I know you wanted to talk about other topics first, but it's um, we have to – I guess it's kind of a sad anniversary coming up tomorrow – but we were together on this anniversary of, of the Marner signing, the Marner <laughs> Hold on. Would you clarify why that's a sad? Why, why is that a sad signing? <laughs> well, because he's been paid $30 million in the last, or $31 million in the last two years and he hasn't done anything in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> this is, we got a real hockey fan yeah, here. Yeah, this is a real hockey fan. Our host is a real legitimate yeah. hockey fan here. Yeah, well. well I mean, yes, leaves till I die, except for, yeah. <laughs> And his cap, it's really eleven million. Oh yeah, it's a big. Well, contract. so they had to adjust the AAV because there was a uh, rise in the league minimum, and you'll see that note if you go to Cap Friendly, uh, because basically his entire contract, outside the league minimum salary, is signing bonuses. So he just gets this giant multi-million-dollar check on July first every year, and then like nothing comes for like the rest of the year. It's yeah. entirely signing bonuses. Okay. What in the world? This is so. Yeah. So the contract note it. on Cap Friendly says the AAV of this contract was increased in 2020 21 due to the raised league minimum salary set by the 2020 Memorandum of Understanding, MOU. I have yes, no that's idea a legal what. Term. Yeah, well, I'm sure it is. <laughs> and, and <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that's a. And, and his signing mean, bonuses man. were $15.3 million in 2019 and $14.3 in 2020. Uh, that is a, man, I don't, I just don't, I, I mean, that, I'm sure there's that, reasons. It really, in hindsight, though, that contract, it's a six-year deal that is 11, or, or yeah, like a 10.9 or whatever it is, cap it, which is just an absurd contract. And they have no moves in the last two years. I gotta say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, I gotta say, I'm not really sure what Kyle was doing there, Sean. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know either. Are you making fun of me calling him Kyle? <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Your best no, friend I think Kyle. It was, it was probably one of Kyle's um, mistakes, if you will. Yeah, and you get I, paying your your star players. Yeah, um, and I, despite but, what a lot of fans and I don't, we're not going to continue talking about the Leafs for much more. I'm not quite sure why we let off the the podcast once we again. We should start. We just should start having a Leafs. It's podcast. just a bit. Yeah, it's just every, le- yeah. every podcast is lead off yeah. with the Leafs. Just but. talk about what what's going on with the Leafs. Let's cover that for a couple of minutes. Uh, I will say. Uh, to Toronto's credit or whatever you want to say, we still have based on our contract projections for um, all players. So, or these are the currently the um, players who are under contracts who are not free agents. Marner is the fourth highest projected contract right now behind um, McDavid, Drysaddle, and Matthews, which is very it's so interesting odd. to me. It's so odd. Yeah. That well, he gets he just plays a lot of time. He gets those points. Uh, like Sean said before we started, he you know plays with Matthews. He's got a lot of uh, benefit from from that. But and so yeah, we our current projection for him is eleven point five million per year. Well, on um, our player cards right now, he's a overall rating of ninety four. So yeah, very solid player. So it's a it's a pretty crazy contract, but uh, 
We're not going to talk about this yeah. anymore, though, Sean. What's next? I don't want to continue talking about the Leafs. Hold on. Well, let's get to what was Sean going to say about Marner. We're, I just want to give him no, his we're, say. We'll move, we'll move on. So last okay. week we did. Last week we threw out the podcast. Uh, we did a, a full recording and then just decided it wasn't good. But we did sort of touch on the Kakaniemi offer sheet, which when we were recording it, I think the day before was when it was yeah um, yep. not matched by the canadian and uh so i don't know if there's anything really left this is kind of old news at this point that kakaniemi um basically signed a 6.1 million dollar contract for a single year with the canes which is oddly would you say like the inverse of our projection which was 1.6 million yeah i think that's Wait, that was kind of cool <laughs> i think it i think that was a shot that was a Tolski like shot back to us, right? Yeah, Where it was yeah. like he we said, oh, saw your those. contract yeah. projections, six point one. It is. This is the ludicrous amount, um, <laughs> and that they're going to move him the wing, and that likely he's got a long term deal signed or uh, set up. They can't announce it till like January uh, with the Canes for our projections around 4 million. I would guess where that's kind of going to sit, but I don't know yeah. if you guys have any comments left. Yeah. So he signed, when was the signing date? I need to go look that up, but was it after September 1st or, I mean, it was uh, he, probably, he signed, uh, uh it it technically August, September August 28th. So I think it would still be within our, although again, I will say this is a, I, I think now, because as Sean mentioned, we've now are talking about this twice on a, in a recording, uh, uh, I guess, recording capacity. So I have to remember exactly what I have said and what I haven't said. But uh, I did mention this. It's important for anyone using our contract projection still. There are three different contract signing periods, just as a reminder. Um, and there's the we have three. So the first one is the month after free agency starts is contract period one. The second is um, that once month two starts until about a week after the start of the season. Uh, and then the last period is everything else. So most of the time that's in-season extensions and then some um, extensions that are kind of signed ahead of free agency that are generally with the same team. Generally what we see, and you do see a pretty significant difference in those um, where if a, if a free agent is signing a contract after a month or so, give or take after a free agency, generally that's kind of more of a holdout type contract. And so for various reasons, those players generally are signing slightly less uh, dollar value contracts because for whatever reason, maybe they uh, maybe they get an offer they like, or maybe teams weren't as in, didn't weren't that partic- weren't particularly interested in those players or there's injury issues or concerns. But um, it also takes into account um, right now. I tweeted about this last week uh, and looked into this a little bit um, was the, um, the number of like RFA holdouts are a lot more common, especially younger in younger players like kind of the first round RFAs that are holding out until maybe getting close to training camp. I think right now there's quite a few. It isn't that um, unique uh, for the like maybe the last 10 years, but I would say in the last five or six years it hasn't been as common. I know in 2019 there were a lot of players, Marner I believe being one of those that held out um, fairly late. But this year there are a decent number of high-end RFAs that are holding out. So we the model allows that too. So that's a bit of a tangent if you are using the projections. we are What Luke was getting to is that – we are now in the second period where we would consider the contracts being signed as like holdouts. So that's the second yeah. period. And that is used as a predictor in the model because um, it's a fairly um, strong predictor based on um, generally like the third signing period is after the season starts until free agency. And that is generally players extending, which 
Yeah, I already um, covered this, bro. I already I know, talked about it. But I'm saying that, like, so for instance, yeah, okay, well, I'll just leave it at that. But I was going to say with Kotkin and the Emmy, these are like, we're seeing more of the, maybe I'm just like not remembering this correctly, but it seems like we're seeing more of these um, kind of weird one year deals. Like we had the Taylor Hall contract, like one year at $8 million. And then I think what uh, Liney just signed a one year. Wasn't it like a seven million dollar? No, deal? no, no. It was uh, no. I think I I know what you're saying. That's wrong though. I think right? is that wrong? No, he did. Sean, Sean is looking at me. Yeah, like, I have no Liney. Yeah, Patrick yeah, Liney. Patrick Liney. 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 You call him Liney. Oh come on. Oh, you're really yeah. The one year. No, you, sorry, you are right, Luke. He was one year seven point five yeah. million. Yeah, and that but really that kind was of, an arbitration thing. I, I know, think, right? but like Arbrights are in arbitration is just a really weird scenario there's it doesn't really happen it's again um kind of like it's kind of a weird outlier um he go to arbitration no I it was he did no it was something about no, uh, nobody went to arbitration this year it was like during the season or something well, no Fiala, was, didn't we all go to arbitration yeah, or arbit- did they settle yeah uh, I can't, nobody I, went to arbitration i can't keep track of all this, this stuff man this no they're all signed on july 28th like he didn't go to arbitration it was 7.5 million there was something I'm I'm gonna forget what this is. There was but that's something just, if about that's just a straight up one year seven point five million dollar deal. That's a really odd contract. I'm just saying historically that's a very odd contract. So he definitely had like a really bad oh, this yeah. past year. Like yeah, you can see you can see where it comes from, right? So Yeah. It's just I think that we're seeing more of those and this is just my feeling on it, but it seems like we're seeing more of these like one year very high per like cap uh hits that is kind of like for high-end players, but like teams don't really want to commit to them. So they're like, okay, well, we have some cap space. We'll just give you a huge contract for one year. But I could be wrong. Josh is the one who has worked much more with the contract data, so I, I could be wrong about that. But anyway, back to Kotkin and the Emmy, um, I think that kind of the speculation on it is that um, the Hurricanes are basically paying for one year so that they can negotiate a much more team-friendly, longer-term deal later. Wasn't that kind of what the speculation is that's happening? I think you mentioned that, Sean, about— Well, yeah, it, it's a tool to get them out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think—and I think, like, from for Kotkin the Emmy, I think, um, you know, I've seen a couple of these uh, tweets now, people speculating or saying they think that he was rushed into the NHL um, and that he was kind of— put in a position as a younger player where he probably should have gone back to, or people are saying that he um, could have developed a little bit more in a minor in the minors. I don't know where he would have played. I can't remember exactly where he would have gone to, um, to play in the minors, but uh, I mean, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, <laughs> you know us, we're not, I don't know Sean, anything. Sean, Sean Laval, he head. played in Laval too. He okay. played that second year in Laval. Well, that's why we he have you, north Sean. On, north on 15. They got a I'm... great mall in Laval. <laughs> you just go north on 15. Yeah, you go I'm gonna, right I'm by gonna, the arena. I'm going to, we're going to steer away from prospect or minor league hockey right yes, now. And I will continue yes. Luke's, uh, t- Luke's uh, point about players signing one-year deals is that it does, um, there have been a decent number that have signed, uh, like, kind of in general. We also have the classic, I've said this before, but the classic uh, Jeremy Welsh contract that was a one-year deal for uh, $17.9 million. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is the classic cap from the I'm making a joke. It was a specific. Uh, but, yeah, in I think in the last three years there's been a decent number. Mark Stone had a one-year deal um, in, oh, yeah, right. in, in 2018. Uh, I'm just going through the list. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think this was another weird I'm going to skip over some of the weird entry level. But, yeah, Yusperi uh, Kakinemi, um, uh, Radulov had one back in 2016. We have Truba in 2018. Uh, William Carlson had one in 2018. And then, like, Sam Reinhardt, Kevin Hayes, uh, a few of those. So I think there's been 
it, it happens, but I think that there are there have been a, a few more that are more, um, I would say that are are have interesting uh, stories around them or the reasons for them. So yeah, but enough, back to yeah. back. Let me finish up with Kakaniemi. We essentially he's had a really kind of up and down career. Um, I think uh, he's he's twenty one years uh, old, just like two in two months, and it, it's his uh, rookie season. We had kind of a funny take that he uh should be at one point he was among the leaders in defensive performance per our like gar model um and so we thought he at, at one point he was in our uh top selkie rankings for the, the infamous evolving the infamous wild selkie, selkie ratings from evolving wild <laughs> and uh i thought that was but then the next year um he kind of had a pretty rough year he was pretty significantly below replacement in both our spar and x bar uh or gar x gar metrics um and and then he kind of popped up again last year um our player cards are very not uh big on his play uh mostly that seems to be coming from his power play performance which has been significantly below replacement um but again that's something that probably could be changed with deployment like if the canes don't play him or or if they don't deploy him on the power play you know it's it, that's kind of the weird thing about power play performance is that you know, if if coaches keep playing players who are not putting up results on the power play, it's you know that player is going to be kind of <laughs> uh, their overall rating can be hurt significantly because the coach is putting them on the power play when they probably shouldn't be. So that's kind of this weird thing with special teams. But like we can't, it's kind of hard to get around that at all. It's like, well, do you just discount power play and shorthanded altogether? But that's a whole other thing. But anyway, I will I will say that he from. The flip side, our player projections are a little bit more, um, a little higher on him. But I, I have, I, I suspect a lot of that has to do with it. He's very, very young. Um, I think it's not like he's rated great. I would say he's probably projected slightly above average next year. I know he slots in at the on the third line in the Canes right now, and I think like we talked about this in our previous unreleased episode, Sean, about kind of what their future of of his usage will be and where the what the Canes will probably do. Not sure if we want to really keep talking about uh, no, I think somewhat pr- stale news at this point. Yeah, but. I know it is. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. It seems like that kind of touches on that. Would be all of the things I really have to say about Cockingham. It'll be really interesting to see what he does on the Hurricanes. Um, yeah, I mean, if they, especially if they're moving him from center to winger uh, and putting him on the third line, I think that's kind of a very different deployment than he was, you know, put in on the Canadians. So it'll be um, interesting to see kind of what his performance um, looks like next year. So moving on from our starting topics, I guess. Actually, one more thing. I don't think we covered this on the last podcast, but fall is here. And for the first time in my life, I had pumpkin. Well, I had pumpkin swirl in my dunk, and I haven't had like a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> this is a big milestone for me. So I do. I would like to mention that to everybody that 23 <laughs> years in, I finally decided to try it. And I love it, and I'm getting it every day. Wow, oh my this goodness. is very important news, Sean. I'm I'm so happy that you breaking took, news you took it as our segue. And, and I got so yesterday I I got a good luck. So we were coming back from fishing on the Merrimack River, and we stopped at this Dunkin' in Berlin, and they were closing early, and I got a free Dunkin' ice cold brew a large man you really want them to sponsor our podcast don't you? <laughs> i do I this do. is this so, is i don't know <laughs> dunkin donuts if you're listening our dms yeah. are open DM, just especially just dm sean yeah he'll handle sean, it. he you know he's looking for those deals so yeah so moving into our real stuff though 
you guys released the fantasy projection write-up. So we have fantasy projections on our site now on evolving-hockey.com for subscribers. Um, Josh, you want to take us away on this? You wrote the article. Yeah, so um, I think we'll – because there are two kind of parts to this whole thing was the projections themselves and our write-up and then also some of the uh, uh, quote-unquote fun discourse that occurred around it and some of the stuff that we – uh, we had to deal with. So I'm gonna. I'll just start covering kind of what the model is. Um, I, I try not. I, I'll try not to um, spend too much time in it because it can get a little technical. But uh, and feel please. I think it's the current article on our site right now. If you just go to the homepage on our on our site, uh, it's the top of the top article has like a full in depth write up. I also cover um, some of the I guess discourse or some of the stuff that we had to do or deal with. But basically, we have uh, a week ago or a little over a week ago, we released uh, the fantasy projections along with um, our fantasy projection tool can be found under the tools drop down under uh, fantasy projections tab and basically we just took all of the fantasy metrics for both uh, skaters and goalies and we did uh, or I did projection models for all of them and uh, it covers I think it was 16 metrics um, and which led to about 20 uh, different metrics overall because from some of them we we uh, we project the raw metrics so for instance goalies we um, I, I project just like goals against shots against but because of those the way that work, um, you can derive like total saves from those and save percentage from those um, and goals against average from those because we also have game starts and games played. Um, so overall, I think we have about 20 metrics. We also have user input uh, fields for point leagues. If you're in a point league, we also have a drop down for category leagues. Although one of the things we can get to this later was kind of looking at the um, the differences in how uh, our rankings look for points leagues and categories leagues. I do should give a shout out to the uh, um, uh, let's see, five whole fantasy hockey podcast and the Keeping Carlson podcast who uh, helped us quite a bit with just getting some general idea about how to approach these. Maybe uh, the five whole uh, fan- fantasy hockey podcast gave us uh, a very good set of weights to use that looked pretty good for our default rankings. So those are all live. The models are pretty simple. I don't need to, or not simple. The models are pretty straightforward. Um, we mostly used uh, stats from our site, including our GAR, RAPM, XGAR models when they were applicable. Uh, we have some, we have the kind of obviously player um, bio information. And then we, we do use some signing information as predictors. Um, and we generally, uh, for everything, go back to uh, the 2010-2011 season. So it's about 10 years. Um, and each uh, player, if they have up to three years of data for prior years, that's what's included as their prior seasons for predictors. Um, and uh, uh, yeah. if it's a if it's an applicable predictor, yes, sometimes it, yeah. like there are, it's three I'm, seasons I'm, ago. I'm, yeah, it's, I'm leaving out a lot yeah, of information here, but it's all um, there, and all of them are uh, really built around just standard. We use LightGBM, which is a grading boosting framework that was built by Microsoft. Um, grading boosting decision tree is the algorithm, and it's uh, we don't necessarily always need to use that. It was just a little bit easier to use it for everything. For a lot of the stats, linear regression would have just been fine, or one of its cousins like ridge regression or Mars or some kind of spline. But for the most part, um, they're all live. Uh, I will stop there, and we can maybe I don't know, Luke, if you want to get into some of the issues that we 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 waded into a a, a um, I think a whole <laughs> world that maybe Luke and I weren't quite of uh, aware was as big as it was, and like fantasy hockey, people go really hard at. And there are already some like some very established projection systems out there that people use. Um, we found that our original projections uh, kind of went against the grain a little bit in terms of how uh, they ranked, or I guess they rated, or what they looked like for other ones. And so we we had to make a few changes after the fact that um, we weren't necessarily. Uh, 
I don't know how to put it. It, it was it was it was a it, it was a very interesting modeling process. And Luke, maybe you can kind of talk about what we were doing yeah, there. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think the the main issue is that when we are um, training a model. Um, using any type of like regression analysis or regression model, even like LightGBM would be kind of fall in that, even though it's a machine learning algorithm, like it's going to produce maybe a little bit more certain um, of predictions, like sometimes, but linear regression, generally, if you're predicting something like goals or assists, if you're just using a linear regression, it's, there's a lot of variance in year over year results. And so the model in order to optimize, um, it, well, essentially, in order to optimize the error rate that you're training the model on, it kind of shrinks everything towards the league average. Um, that's not ex that's very basic, but what you end up with is that the tails, so the highest end players, end up with lower projections than what you might normally expect to see from fantasy hockey projections if you're familiar with those. So most systems, for instance, in the in the pushback we got was a lot of people saying our projection of Connor McDavid at 97 points was very, very low when most other projection systems have him projected with somewhere between 120 and ESPN has him at 150, which I still think is an absurd projection for an NHL player in this year. But that's an, another thing entirely. Um, and so essentially what we did after kind of researching it and looking back into um, kind of our methods. We still stand behind our original method. I just think that um, for a public-facing projection, um, it was very confusing to a lot of people who might be new to interpreting. Um, well, who this is not necessarily, I don't think, what a, a lot of the projection systems kind of use um, in order, so so essentially, the the reason for this is that we were trying generally with any modeling problem, you're trying to predict every player correctly, right? Um, so this is also including the low end players, um, and so when we're training the models, um, well, Josh mostly trains the models; he trains all the models, but. When yeah, you're shout out to Josh. Yeah, shout out to Josh. <laughs> but when you're training, right, nobody cares about the bottom half of the league for fantasy, right? All they care about is the top end players. So it's kind of a weird modeling problem where no one really cares about if you project the players who only play 20 games correctly. All they care about is do you project the top end players correctly? Um, and so that was kind of, it's a kind of weird thing that we haven't run into where basically i mean the contract projections are kind of like that but i would argue that it's very important that we project all players as well as best as we can um just because it is a dollar value we're projecting but for the fantasy projections um what we ended up having to do was rescale all of the metrics um to be on the observed um so so what we uh, it, to to kind of match the distributions that have been observed in the last couple years um, and the reason for that, ultimately, what we kind of realized was that since each of the different projections is kind of being shrunk towards the, the mean of that of that metric, they're all being kind of shrunk at a different rate, which is when you apply the fantasy weights to the overall value, it's not really um, going to give you a, the ranking that should it should be giving. Um, if that makes sense, I think. Yeah, that, and I'll just I'll, to yeah, the way it works for people here. who aren't clear. And Sean, I don't know. Maybe you've never been in a points league. I haven't ever. We've always played categories, which is kind of sounds silly now, having done all this research about how 
the the heavy hitting leagues seem to all use points, but points leagues. But the way it works is that you have a set number of metrics, and then you have a a, a weighting system for those. So generally, it'd be like most leagues would do something like three a, a three weight for goals, a two weight for assists, like a point five or point one weight for shots at goals, and so on. And you take those numbers and multiply them by the actual metric. So it'd be like three times the number of goals that your players had. And what that is from kind of when we had to make our tool, when you make the rankings and how the users input those weights, um, those are just raw weights that just they actually just multiply by the goals. And so when you have differing values between them that aren't consistent with what people expect or what was observed in the last two or three seasons, you lead, it can lead to some it just isn't a really uh, it's not a really applicable method, I think, for the tool to work correctly because you just can have some weird results so i don't want to we've been talking for a long time that's kind of the whole thing um the ultimately i think when we get to it next year we likely will not be doing any kind of rescaling uh, i will try to uh, deal with kind of the tails in a way that i i think is more in the modeling approach so there's really not any kind of ad hoc adjustment that we're doing i will say that our rescaling didn't change the rankings for any player it just kind of changed the numbers a little bit so mcdavid went from 197 points up to i think it was 116 points um but he was on an extreme like for the most part players change by only a couple different numbers here and there, and the rankings didn't really change at all. Um, well, depending upon what the metric is. It depends is. on but what But it's, it it's mostly that, like, we... This is not something that we really wanted to do initially. This is kind of a really... It's <laughs> it's kind of a faux pas to uh, change your model outputs after the fact, and we really don't like doing that, but I think for people, for our users to better have an under like uh, be for, more familiar, um, we, we did end up rescaling these, um, and I, I, I did the rescaling and I tried to do it and, and as well, I did it in as objectively as possible. So we have a, as unbiased of a outputs still as possible. That's what we always try to do on our website. We, all of our model outputs are never like manually updated by us. They're always what the model themselves output and the models are trained to optimize, um, and predict as best as we can, um, what the future what like results will be. So what we try to provide in evolving hockey is always very unbiased model outputs, and I tried to keep that when I was rescaling as best I could. So I guess maybe one thing here, and possibly it's a misconception. So y- you guys aren't projecting based on like simulations. You're kind of projecting player by player, right? So there's a question here on the end of the article from kg810 it says can you explain games started for goalies shouldn't the game started for teams goalies equal 82 since there is 82 games per team this season yeah so i give rask as the example yeah so i apologize to that user on our comment i i hadn't seen that comment maybe i need to do you know i'm, I'm gonna work to improve on my my uh, responding to comments uh <laughs> yeah, Josh, on my articles, you gotta monitor that game started for goalies is the number of games that a goalie started in a year and that actually is a little bit lower than the total games played for a goalie um but uh for in this case no it's lower shouldn't it be the same or no no, no. Sh- yeah, well, generally, no, games started should be lower. It's than lower games because played, there are oh, goalies start yeah. like, for instance, a goalie, a good goalie might start sixty games, but then they also maybe get brought oh, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get yeah, brought yeah, in yeah, as yeah. a as as a replacement halfway through or whatever. But um, in this case, um, Rask at forty five would be our projection for like just 
uh, for the number of games we think that he might start if he were on a team. Now, obviously, I it sounds like his future is unclear, but we don't, in the modeling process, we do predict the entire population. We've actually run into questions like this before where – um, like our contract projections, we had like David Kreisky like projected for you know to play or something, and he's clearly not going to play next year. But like, in, we just do every player that we have data for, and so well, and then also like the the main part of the question was why does Boston, for instance, their goalies should add up to eighty two games? Oh right? yeah, and that's that's just generally the fact that there is just a lot of uncertainty about what goalies are going to play for a team in a season. Like obviously you, some teams are going to be more consistent than others, but I think that that the model doesn't really know that it's just looks at, like you said, Sean, each player individually, what they did in the past, what the model then would project them based on what they already did in the past. And compared I will with say, the distribution yeah, of the yes. all players. And I will say that I did try out, uh, try to include some team metrics um, and some of some different, like just specific team aspects for goalies for given the team they're on. And I found they weren't all that helpful. I think especially for fantasy, that was one of the things with goalies is that a lot of the a lot of the metrics are more are actually more just like team metrics for goalies. Like goals against and shots against, I would say aren't really like especially shots against are not really the goalie. I mean, that's just the team. And so what you see a lot of them are are more a reflection, I would say, of the team. But to answer that question, it it's more the model just looks at the individual players. It doesn't really know that, you know, that you would need to have a team like Boston would should of all of their goalies, there's only gonna be eighty two game starts. So that's the quick answer to that, I think. Or I guess the answer to that, not that quick. <laughs> So I think we'll hear a quick message from our sponsors and we'll be right back. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, regularized adjusted plus minus, skater contract projections, visualizations, charts, and much more. Visit evolving-hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. Welcome back to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. So to finish this out, we'll talk about maybe a project under construction, which is the team projections. Now, last year, I remember... You guys got a lot of heat on Twitter for having Montreal winning the North when this came out. This is this is why I remember from last year's release. Yeah, I know, I remember that. And of yeah. course, you know they sucked during the regular season, and they come out and they they win it in the playoffs and they go on this run. So how is it sort of looking right now? I will at? I will clarify that they they came out of the season hot. They came they out did. of the we, gate it hot. Looked, it looked like a good projection. They looked like juggernauts. Yeah, yeah, they did. What was that, Chris Johnston? <laughs> yeah, I think? He yeah. Had, you know, like they were juggernauts, and then yeah. they ended up kind of being like that in the playoffs, but. Uh, yeah, so it was we were feeling kind of okay for the first three weeks of the season, and then it went down, it went south. Quickly, yeah, but they, but. I mean, are you know, it was funny because they did so well in the playoffs, but like our regular season point projections have nothing to do with the playoffs. So it was like, yeah, we got our vindication, but it not really because really. it didn't have anything to Although do with our, what we, our playoff model. Did like them more? Yes, than it did. All, several of the other public models out there, which I think is one of the reasons that we had a little bit higher log loss than than a few people because we were. I think we only had Toronto as like sixty six percent chance over them, where a lot of you know there were a lot in the seventies and whatnot. But anyway, yeah, Luke, I don't know if you want to start kind of covering yeah, what so it is. So I've just been working for the last like while we Josh was working on the fantasy projections, I've been kind of rebuilding our team projections, or just not rebuilding it, but um, mostly kind of 
um, just reinvest, like going back, investigating some more ways that I could potentially improve it. Um, so this year, what we're going to have, and this will be added to the site, um, hopefully within the next, um, well, it'll, it'll probably be within a couple weeks before the season. Um, but also while the rosters are still very preliminary right now, um, cause we use essentially, but we're going to be adding a, um, team game projection model. So for every day there will be, um, uh, much more robust, um, I should say, uh, uh, team game projections. So like what the, you know, probabilities for each day, um, what our probabilities for each team winning each game would be. And then also adding, um, end of season point projections and playoff probabilities. Um, in the past we have done, um, preseason, uh, team point projections and playoff probabilities, but that wasn't updating, um, in season. So this year we'll have, um, both, end of season point projections and playoff probabilities and hopefully tracking that and then also having single game win probabilities. So I was kind of just, I got to the point where I could start running our simulations um, to, to try to get an idea of right now, given what the rosters are on cap friendly's depth charts, which is how we use, you know, shout out another shout out to cap friendly, uh, um, we use their depth charts, which are fantastic, um, to get the rosters for each team. And yeah, I was just kind of starting to run, run some things and yeah, we're not super high in Montreal right now. Uh, they're, uh, how we the turntables, how the turntables <laughs> were, uh, we're, they're basically fifth, uh, in the, um, Atlantic with about a 41% chance to make the playoffs at 92 ish points. Um, so yeah, that's much less, uh, bullish on them. Yeah. We won't have the uh, controversy of having them one point above the Leafs like we did last year. Yeah, I know that was one point over the Leafs and it just could have rounded, you know, a little differently. And they don't have any, uh, I was just looking at, cause like I mentioned earlier, there's, there, there are the rosters right now are, I'm not sure Luke, I think you maybe included a few players that were maybe still RFA holdouts that are likely going to sign. So, so right now cap friendly has Jack Eichel still on the Sabres. Uh, and I just, I didn't do any manual updates to the, like normally by when I find that, while these are very, very initial team projections. Um, and when I finalize these, I will be researching injuries, um, when certain impact players are projected to come back. Some of like, I, I generally will spend a couple days trying to go through, um, just various estimates of one players will come back and then insert them into the lineup, um, at the date that they're kind of estimated to come back at. But for now, like, so just in the Atlantic, um, yeah, we have Montreal fifth, it's just Tampa Bay at 109 points, Toronto, 105 points, Boston, and Florida basically tied at 100, 304 points. Um, and then the rest is pretty clear cut. Um, sorry, Buffalo and Detroit. Uh, probability <laughs> probability of making the playoffs is even lower than it was last year for Detroit. Uh, and Buffalo is – that's including Jack Eichel still. So it might be 0% by the time uh, the season starts. Um, sorry, Sabres fans. But, yeah, I thought the other interesting result – well, the one that really popped out to me was – Right now, we have Colorado at a hundred percent chance to make the playoffs, with by far the most point totals points in the league at one hundred twenty points, um, or one hundred twenty one, depending upon what you. And, and so, I thought that was pretty pretty intense. Uh, <laughs> I know. I you mean, know, it kind of makes sense, though, right? It makes sense. I think the Central um, is kind of a weird division with Arizona now moving in um, to the Central, but the middle of 
the Central is really interesting where we don't have another team over 70% chance to make the playoffs, and that being Minnesota at 68%, and then every other team is like between 30 to 60%. So Wait, so a, it goes it goes the Avalanche and then Minnesota? Minnesota and Winnipeg, St. Louis are all within like one point of each other, and then another two points down you get Nashville and another couple you get Chicago and Dallas tied. So it's like a super and then Arizona. And then Arizona way yeah. at the bottom, 68%. Uh or 68 points, which is like the lowest, right? Again, these are very initial projections. This would be like really early looks with the rosters that are currently on Cap Friendly's depth charts, um which will obviously update. So this was just some early projections with what we have right now. But yeah, the Central um is very much like Colorado is like a sure bet for being like the best team in the league. Not a sure bet. I shouldn't say that. But within the the standard deviation of the Monte Carlo simulation that we run, um, they're it's it's it seems almost they're very clear president's trophy favorites for next year, right now. Um and then the other kind of interesting ones, the Metro is really interesting. Um highest probability is Carolina at seventy seven percent, but it's that's gonna be another kind of dogfight, I think, just you know, with uh, uh, with with how how that is shaping up, and then um, the Pacific is pretty clear. There's a top four teams of uh, well, yeah. And I wanted to ask you where where do you have the where are the Kraken? At yeah, right we now? have the Kraken right now at second in the Pacific, uh, at uh, 97 points behind Vegas, who's at 111, um, and they have an 80 percent chance to make the playoffs, which is kind of what we are saying, I think, on our episode zero, yeah, um, about how the Pacific is so bad. Um, that it's, um, you know, they have a pretty good shot to make the playoffs, which is kind of what our initial projections are looking like for the Kraken. Um, so, and then at behind Seattle, Edmonton and Seattle are basically tied, and then Calgary is a little bit behind them. And then after that, it's Vancouver, L.A., San Jose, and Anaheim um, behind them at under 30%. But we will obviously have, maybe in our next episode, if we, I don't know, we're probably going to have these released, what, maybe this week? Well, um, I don't know. We might want to wait a little bit until we get into the preseason um, so we can kind of see where the rosters are going to well, shape up. I, I will say we probably will release a like an initial projection, with, and then we'll be updating them as they go. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So it was just kind of an interesting look at some of the team projections um, that we have right now. Um, nothing too surprising, but Seattle was a little higher than I thought they were going to be um, with what we have right now. So, yeah. I mean, I think these are kind of lining up with. I saw like a lot of Vegas odds kind of coming out. And it kind of okay, lines yeah. up, like especially the Atlantic with all with like four teams at you know a hundred plus, and then everybody else behind. Yeah, yeah, that's basically um, what we have. You know, Seattle doesn't shock me too much. At least in terms of like the projections, I think they'll probably they could underperform second, but I think they're going to end up. Micah tweeted out sort of his kind of initial projection for them, I think, oh, okay. or like his team isolate. And it kind of turned out that they looked okay. Like, at the very least, they're like kind of like an average team. Yeah. Very average, very defensive. They have no offense, but they're a pretty solid defensive team. Sounds like right up my alley. Kinda, <laughs> that, yeah, it sort, sort of shapes up, right? I mean, yeah. their first two signings that like got leaked were Larson and Alexiak, who are defensive yeah. defensemen. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the, you know, they're just going to be a really boring, but they have good jerseys, <laughs> a boring team that, that will probably 
find a way to make the playoffs. They'll play some lower bank well, games. Yeah, I mean, and I think if you look at their roster, like this is kind of what we talked about. Is it, it's just a really, I think it's a really solid. I mean, for the most part, through and through roster where they don't have any. Um, it's a, like you said, it's a just, and I think their defense, even though it's a little bit old, right? I mean. It, they just have, and then they also, I mean, obviously, we already talked about the Grubauer signing, but Grubauer is still one of the better goalies in the league. I mean, from kind of what we can see in our projections, I would say. So, like, they have a very solid team overall, and again, the Pacific, like, is just really not good, at least from what we're seeing now. Now, like you had mentioned, Sean, before we started recording, I think L.A. might surprise. Um, I think there there is some, some room there for some other teams there, but I, I think, like, a lot of those teams are just kind of already, they're, they're just, uh, they're really... Um, I think anchored down by some long-term aging like contracts with aging players that are they're just not going to be able to get rid of. Yeah. And I you think, know, and who, who knows if Vancouver if, if Pedersen does get offer sheeted? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> who knows. I, sorry, sorry, Canucks fans. I didn't my wonder for the season. It feels like we have less parity than we've had in like the last few years, which is kind of refreshing in my opinion. Yeah, like, I yeah. feel like we have definitely a really good top-end team in Colorado the second tier kind of there with like Tampa and Vegas. And I mean, Vegas kind of benefits also in sort of Colorado does as well. It's playing out westward. It's yeah. a little bit weaker. Um, but I feel like we have less parity than normal. And I think we have our shots at two good shots of the worst hockey teams of this era or the yeah. worst NHL teams of this era with Arizona, you already mentioned, projected at 68 in your initial projections. And then Buffalo, post-Eichel. And oh, Reinhardt. man. That's going to be it, rough. If, I, so the projections right now, we have Buffalo at 71 points. I would guess that if they don't have Eichel... I mean, I don't. That's gonna be rough because they already. That's already not including Reinhardt, right? Like, they, yeah, that's yeah, not. I obviously. mean, I should. I should just verify that, but I'm pretty yeah, sure that they don't have. Uh, I don't know. I yeah, I agree with you, Sean. I think that that we're looking at a couple teams, and I also yeah, would, that's without Reinhardt. I maybe would add even. Well, I don't want to add. I think Detroit might be a, a step ahead of some of those, but they're also still don't look particularly great to me. But yeah, I think I'm not really sure what the. And obviously, I don't want to. I don't want to like rag on Coyotes the fans too much here or the team too much, but they also have the whole underlying thing with you know the the lack of a potential stadium after or, you know uh, uh, ice arena after this year and all that stuff. So like that could also play into this that would maybe even you know add some more uncertainty. I think it's interesting because I know that like they have they do still have Kemper right, who's like a very solid goalie I think for the most part, but like it doesn't seem like they have anything there. They other didn't didn't they they traded him to Colorado. Kemper? Man, I'm yeah. going to have to. I'm going to have to. in a second round pick. They have five second round picks next year, oh three first God. round picks. They've thrown he out is. this year. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay, sorry. I'm going to. Yeah, I don't for, know what the draft I'm gonna, is. When like. I edit this, I'm going to remove that, listeners. You won't. Yeah, be no, you, no, you're not. We're not I'm not going <laughs> to let you. There's too much. You. Everything happens all the time, right? <laughs> Everything happens too much. But uh, no, actually, you're just right. Yeah, the one. So Sean, let me let so me. So they give don't. You, to, to clarify, they don't have anything. So it no, makes sense. They, it they, makes sense. Yeah, they completely... Now looking more, I was like, wow, are they really like? And then I was like, yeah, well, as Sean said, they have all of those picks. So yeah. that's been a, some discourse about how it's easy to to just just tear down a team and get picks. It's not that hard to trade players for picks. But yeah. uh, Sean, I was going to ask you, where do you think the Devils league wide? Where are they ranked in points? First, let's go. No, um, <laughs> look, I don't know. I think that's a team that could come out of somewhere. Um, yeah. If I had to guess in the Metro, they'd probably be sitting. 
Oh, that's gonna be really rough on the ears. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like fourth. So we have them third in the metro and tenth overall, projected at ninety-seven points. That's right quite now. the that's quite the that leap from last year. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me too much. I mean, uh, let me pull up their roster here. I mean, it doesn't. They're, we I haven't. Think ba- Igor Igor is is a, a player that's always Igor. been or that's come over and he's been under the radar. Yeah, no, yes, I agree. I call them by their first name. I know. Yeah, it's important. Um, that's the Nico's back. Yeah, they signed. Uh, is it Tomash Tartar? He, he pronounced it like that, right? Yeah, yeah, Tomash yeah, yeah. Um, You He's got a great. Yeah, I yes. Hughes still. Oh my, Cap oh, got my boy Marion. My boy Marion in the lineup. Okay, uh, I, you know what? That, they they signed. They signed Hamilton. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Well, and I also, remember last also, year we uh, had we had the Devils projected very low. Yeah, um, they have a good goalie tandem back there as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and and then the other I don't know if you mentioned, but Jack Hughes I think also is is really has yeah, coming he, into his own. I yeah. think we tweeted about this a little bit, but he last year the last he had a really great year last year, and I think just with his age and kind of where he, um, I think kind of where he he ranks out compared to other players, our projection system really I think he's a top forty player next year from our projections. So like I think they they really have a top you know top line center in the making there, and they really I mean I I it makes and he's perfect, only twenty yeah it makes perfect sense to me, and like you said also like. A lot of our stuff is really like uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, um, like from their goaltending. So I think that that's a really interesting because I remember the Devils. I think we had them in like maybe. A, yeah, we had like, them projected. I just remember that from last year. I was just kind of looking at the league wide projections. Everything kind of seems fun. Where are the Rangers at? Are we going to upset Rangers? Rangers fans? Actually, uh, we might make them a little happy right now. Oh. Uh, let me hold on. Let me count this. If I can get my R Studio. Before to you work. get there, I also, we also need to shout out Jester Bratt. Um, I did that on like our Twitter account, but he's a very solid two way forward that plays yeah. Yeah. levels that yeah you know goes under the radar a lot. So yeah, yeah. But hold on. So here, here's another qu- quiz for Sean. Where do you quiz think me, Luke? Quiz Josh, quiz where do you, yeah. Josh? Okay, <laughs> Josh, where do you think we have the Rangers projected next year? Like league wide? Yeah, league wide. Uh, let me take a look at their. Uh, their depth chart and see what I don't know. Maybe this isn't that surprising. Uh, I was going to say, like my my gut here is is like seventeenth in the league. We have them fourteenth. Okay, all right. So With, yeah, but it's a forty five basically percent chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. So and fifth in the um, metro, right? Isn't that where they're what they're in? No, they're hold on. Are they in the yeah? They're in the metro. Yeah. Man, I can't keep track. All of these, like I was just saying, I was just like I had to look up the original playoff format rules like how <laughs> like teams make the playoffs yeah i like couldn't remember it i and i was like what are these divisions because i had to do all these updates to change the divisions last season and then i had to go change them all back and i was like i forgot everything i knew it's like forget everything you know about the nhl <laughs> <laughs> divisions but, but just to just to wrap wrap up that point i think what we had it was colorado was it Vegas and Tampa? Yeah, and, and then, then Toronto. Toronto. Basically, that's the top tier, and then Toronto, Boston, Florida, uh, and kind of Carolina would be the next like yeah. four teams. That's, that so seems that seems pretty. That's much kind of what we're at right and the now. The very bottom was it was Arizona, Buffalo, Detroit, and well, Ottawa? it's in in order. It's basically San Jose, Columbus, San Jose are kind of tied, and then. Uh, and then kind of Ottawa, and then the bottom tier teams are Detroit. The rebuild, Anna. the rebuild's the over. Rebuild is over in Ottawa uh, at the bottom. <laughs> uh, Anaheim, Detroit, 
no, Anna, Detroit, Anaheim, Buffalo, Arizona. Right now, these are our early yeah. initial projections. It's important to note that these will likely change. They will, there will yes. be some movement as players get added. Also, this is, finalized. for instance, this is like including Kaprizov for the Wild because he's on, like, technically still on their roster, I think. Um, and probably the other RFAs. I didn't, like, really dig into that, but I think that the way it's considered is since they have the rights, they're still technically considered on their roster. And I think that's um, probably fair Let me just assume. check that. Who's, like, a, a outstanding player uh, who has Quinn, Quinn Hughes or Pedersen or Dahlin or okay, Brady. Me, Brady. Brady. Uh, I'll pull the Sean here. Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if Dahlin is on here. Yeah, so this is, like, including the outstanding uh, okay, unsigned yeah. RFAs. So if... Say, for instance, if one of those gets traded, obviously this is going to change a lot. But um, And say, I don't know what the hell's going to happen with Kaprizov. It seems like you just like, oh, it's contentious again. And, yeah. oh, well, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But um, did Pedersen sign yet? No. Man, what is going no, on? He'll, he'll probably sign the offer sheet with Seattle in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do, yeah. I don't. do they have the money for it? I like, don't know. What is their cap? They all the money in? in the world. I mean, Amazon <laughs> will support them. <laughs> They're, Let me see what is their they yeah they no they they I mean they have they have six point seven in cap space according to cap yeah but right they now. can't sign they can't offer sheet six point seven no Pedersen that's not gonna work I know I don't know anyway so yeah the key for anybody uh, um we will have we'll have probably our uh, episode or two from here we'll have more our finalized projections uh, for teams like Luke mentioned we'll also have um, daily updating game projections or game probabilities for every team. Um, and and we didn't really cover exactly what the model is, but we will cover that more in depth uh, in the future when we finalize everything. So yes, it is basically just a quick. Um, no, I we're not. Done. Don't we're okay. Gonna, we gotta need more content in the future, so you okay. don't go. Yeah, over that okay, right I now, won't yeah. go over that. We'll leave that content for future <laughs> podcast episodes. Yeah, this is a little and taste. This yeah, little it's taste. a little taster. Yeah, so taste. we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll leave that it's an for appetizer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't want to give away our methods. You no. know. Well, we will. But we will. I mean, it's in the future. In the future content. Once we finalize these, I'll give an explanation and i'll give a quick write-up that'll yeah. go on the site and it'll everyone will be happy yeah exactly <laughs> i'm sure we're looking forward to true. that i think with this we'll wrap up this episode which i think is like episode number two but maybe let's just skip over episode number two call it episode number three okay and get back on a regular indexing because it's kind of <laughs> yeah I hate yeah well Python. i mean we do, we do, we did record episode two. We did, uh, and, and then it got did. trashed. So it's, it's maybe it's maybe yeah. we'll save it and we'll release it in like a few years. It's like a special edition yeah. episode. Yeah, this is back when we were young, back yeah. when we were just starting out fledgling, uh, evolving hockey yes. podcast. Yes, yes. All right. Well, I had a good time. Thank you, Luke and Josh, and hopefully everybody else enjoyed. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Sean. Thanks, Sean. It was it, it was great. We'll we'll see you next week.